You are listening to the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. Today, we're going to talk about generous accountability. You are listening to the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. I'm your host, Master Certified Coach Lisa Schwaller. Each week on the podcast, we talk about how you can rise above the stress of modern living so that you can focus your energy on what matters most and have a lot more fun in the process. All right, let's get started. Thank you for listening today. I am very excited about this topic. Recently, I was in a certification program for women in leadership, and part of the curriculum featured a TED Talk. And I love the TED Talk. The presenter wove the story beautifully with humor And there was just so much power to it. It's about, you know, 12 minutes long. The link is, of course, in the show notes. I love how she described accountability topics as being a type of love language. When I envisioned this episode, I was excited about sharing some of the things that I learned between the TED Talk and some of the follow-up research that I did. But then life, you know how life is. It gave me a personal experience to practice what I was learning. But let me digress just for a moment into a topic that has really been on my mind a lot lately. My youngest, who's 16, is one of my very most interesting conversation partners. He's one of my trusted advisors, frankly. He has a fascinating mind, and he's an incredible natural debater. So we were talking about the various ways that local and national community, society, government demonstrate collective behaviors and how we see individual behaviors. We've been over the last few weeks riffing on this idea of collectivism and individualism and our evolving understanding of that, how we may have a different opinion of it depending on what we're talking about. And I was thinking about, you know, when it comes to conflict resolution, I noticed that a lot of people are likely to be distally expressive rather than directly expressive. So people will vent to others, but maybe avoid being direct with the source of their frustration. If you're curious about where some of my mind meandering went, I linked to my previous podcast episode called No Venting, Please, plus two articles about collective and individual cultures, if you're interested. And I do think that those concepts are complementary to this idea of generous accountability. Fast forward, this is these things have been on my mind. I've wanted to share this beautiful TED Talk and the other information I've gathered. I've been thinking about, you know, how people relate and what they prioritize. And then challenges started to appear. Bum, bum, bum. So my oldest son graduated high school, and we agreed that he would live here full time, and he would work, and he would go to school. I was feeling like my expectations, you know, adults who live here with me, we all have jobs, we all have responsibilities, and we there's certain things that we do if we're adults and we're sharing my address. 
And the thing is, is I really, really thought my expectations were very clear, but it became evident that what is clear to me may not be clear to everybody, and it may not be clear to my son. I wanted to approach these conversations as lovingly as possible, but also I want to make sure that the house rules are defined and cleared. I didn't want to just be stressed out and I didn't want to complain like to other parents or crowdsource what to do. I didn't want to avoid the situation inside myself and I didn't want to avoid having conversations that I need to with with him and with my sons in general. I didn't want to go into the conversation with too much like personal intensity of this is what I expect and these are the rules of the house. Uh, because quite honestly, I think he was avoiding his steps of responsibility for his own reasons. Usually what I find is when we ask people to do things and it seems like the rules are clear, there's probably some explanations. One is maybe it's not super clear what's expected. And if someone isn't meeting the expectations, because most people want to help each other out, there's usually other reasons. From my own real life experience, as well as the TED Talk that I referenced, which is called Accountability is a Love Language, and then from the other research, here is what I learned and then practice and now bring to you to decrease stress in your own life when it comes to having accountability conversations. Let's break it down. If you need to have a conversation with someone about accountability, holding yourself accountable, holding them accountable, having set expectations for a group, a team, a household, and someone isn't meeting those expectations and you're holding them accountable, the first step is to prepare for the conversation. This means not only defining what do I expect, what does the organization expect, what does the household expect, but what is in my own mind, what is being triggered in me Sorting out the you problems from the them problems. Sometimes when we're in an accountability conversation, it is easy to feel frustrated, resentful, annoyed, angry, sad, disappointed. Preparing for the conversation means taking a hard look at why I'm reacting the way I'm reacting and making sure that I've really gotten clean in my own mind with what's going on with me so that I don't bring any extra layers of difficulty into the conversation. In one of the, the, the show notes, there's how to have an accountability conversation, what to do before an accountability conversation is one of the links. They are wonderful preparations. And in one of them, there's actually a form you can fill out. It's fantastic. Go look at the show notes to grab that. Number two, have the conversation. That's preparing for the conversation in advance by not catching them off guard. Maybe set the stage, hey, I would like to talk about this. Let's find some time next week. Preparing in that way. And then when you're in the conversation, really paying attention to the body language and the emotional temperature of every person in the conversation. I was talking to a friend of mine about 
when you're in a debate or a conversation about a topic and you can get a sense of whether somebody's tracking you or open to what you have to say or whether they're closing themselves off based on body language. Another way you can show up 100% inside the conversation you're having is to frame it from the perspective of I expect I will do. If you live here, what's expected of adults living here is ABC. And if those things aren't met, this is what's going to happen. It's doing whatever you can in the conversation to ensure there's maximum clarity on the expectation, time frames. In the case with my son, I thought I was being clear, but I don't think I was being specific. What was expected was understood, but I wasn't being specific around the details. There are people who, you know, see a recipe that calls for a tablespoon and kind of eyeball it. I'm an eyeballing kind of person. And there are people who measure it every single time, even if they have measured a teaspoon a billion times. For me, being inside that conversation, I had to take more accountability myself that when I'm asking for accountability in the conversation, that I'm being as accountable to myself and the others by being as clear, specific, defined, time-bound as I can be. And when you're inside the conversation, the accountability conversation, I think it helps if you realize that you don't need to get full resolution in one conversation. Maybe there's a conversation where you talk about the problem and then you agree to come back and workshop solutions. When people are inside an accountability conversation, there's just going to be a range of, um, I don't know, there's just going to be a different range of capability and willingness to fully participate in the conversation. And sometimes you just have to adjust the pacing of accountability conversations to meet the needs of the people involved. And it, it, it's not very fair to say maybe, but sometimes this is a situation where you move at the pace of the lowest common denominator. If somebody needs a little more time or they're working through emotions or this is new information and they want to do a little research, you may need more than one conversation. And number three is to follow up. First, Again, as always, one of the things that I find really is, I think it makes life more fun, but I also think it dramatically decreases stress, is when we take good care of ourselves, when we evaluate ourselves. So after the conversation or conversations, is I just advise that you follow up with yourself, evaluate, you know, how did that go? What, what went well? What didn't seem to go so well? What surprised me about that conversation? Is there anything that I'd like to learn from this or adjust if I'm in a conversation that's similar in the future? And then once you've evaluated your own experiences, you know, just reach out to the other person or persons you're in a conversation with and follow up in a very, like, caring you know, wait, if you want to make the relationship work and you want to make the relationship more intimate or connected or effective, and you really want to hold yourself and others to accountability, follow up, continue to build that conversational bridge. So I'll read that again. The three components of an effective accountability conversation are to prepare yourself and defining what you want 
to actually have the conversation. And again, that's seeded from your perspective, inviting their perspective, and then the follow-up. As I learned in this TED Talk, accountability is a kind of love language. I really reflected on that. And that's kind of where it evolved into this episode's title. I'm like, it's very generous, actually, the act of of inviting someone into an accountability conversation. I mean, for starters, it's a very powerful gesture of self-love, self-trust to say, you know, it's not easy to ask people to engage with me to discuss disappointing performance. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for them. And some of us tend to be very, very conflict avoidance, you know, if, if, if safety, psychological, physical, financial safety was not something that you grew up in, you may find yourself a more conflict avoidant adult. And for those of us, I'm raising my little hand here in front of the microphone. I was very conflict avoidant because conflict signaled very real, very physical danger for me. I would tend to just complain, uh, complain in silence or complain to others or sweep it under the rug or just try to avoid it. And I think inviting someone into an accountability conversation is is really reflective of, no, no, I, I can go ahead and go into what may be a conversation with a lot of disagreement and with a lot of charged emotion and still take care of myself. Anyway, it's a very generous move for you, for me, if I'm holding the conversation, and for the people that I've engaged in this accountability. And to be clear, preparing for, having, following up on accountability conversations can be very stressful. And the stress of those efforts can definitely be outweighed by the prizes at the end of the discomfort. Maybe you feel proud of yourself at stepping up your conversation skills. Maybe you have a deeper connection with the other person. Maybe you learn something about them that may have been inhibiting their willingness or ability to perform to expectations. And you might get the prize of just having more confidence of practicing relationship skills and advocating for your position. I mean, not everybody wins every argument every time. But the art of compromise starts with being able to ask for what you want and letting the other person ask for what they want and letting there be discrepancies. And when you're having an accountability conversation, you're basically saying, listen, you're not meeting the needs of the relationship of the group of the organization. Something has to change. Going into and through an accountability conversation can have many, many prizes that make all the stress worth it. I believe, just like Taffy does in the TED Talk, that we need to hold people accountable in our lives. I think sometimes we're taught just to be responsible for ourselves because other people going to do what they're going to do. Maybe. But as I explore my own personal values more deeply, and as I think about the contributions I want to have in my community— this, you know, let other people are going to do, you just take care of you. This no longer resonates with me. I think we're responsible to each other in ways we can barely comprehend. I've actually been reading a lot of sci-fi from the 
um, 50s and 60s, and some of the author articles that they write in retrospect about what they produced. This idea that like what we do matters and what we believe matters. And if we see something that isn't right, it is our responsibility to be a voice for what we want to see in the world. I believe that holding ourselves and others to be kind, responsible, engaged, committed to performance, committed to relationships is a generous act of love for self, for others, and for our communities at large. Is this naive and idealistic? Maybe. But you know what? I think I'm going to fight to the end to live in integrity with wanting to do my very best to make the world a healthy place. And that includes inviting people into accountability conversations and accepting invitations when they come for me. So what about you? This week, your invitation is to reflect on whether there are areas of your life that would benefit from accountability conversations. Consider practicing some of these suggestions offered. You know, go ahead and and think about where you could have these conversations. Prepare for them. Hold them. Follow up. Learn. Grow. Evolve. How could your willingness to approach these types of conversations with kindness, compassion, and generosity be one of the ways you make your most amazing contributions? Isn't that a beautiful thought that actually showing up to accountability conversations could be such a powerful way for you to have an impact in your work, in your relationships, in your families, in your communities? Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful aspiration. Thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate and review wherever you listen. This will help other listeners find the show and bring less stress, more fun out into the world. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you next week.